The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I hope you're having a great day. I'm sure everyone's recovering yet from the holiday, and I hope you've had not had the flu, but if so, that you've recovered. Special shout out, Yoshiko. Yoshiko Dart, you know I love you, Yoshiko. I know you're hearing this show. Everyone, just so you know, why do I do this all the time? Yoshiko's husband who passed away was Justin Dart, who is the hero in civil rights history of the disability community. And Yoshiko and Justin traveled the country several times on their own money prior to the ADA being signed just to help get this done. Um, and so I'm determined that we will keep Justin spirit alive. And Yeshiko, you can count on me. Well, hey, today is, oh, I love this show today. I always love it when it's A, Pittsburgh, and B, people that I really like and think very highly of. And I've got to tell you these two. I love them. All right? And they are the real deal. And as you're going to hear in a minute, they are the best sign language interpreting firm anywhere, period. And it gives me great pleasure to introduce the owner and president, Joanne. Joanne, do I pronounce your name right, Sharer? Yeah, that's correct, Joyce. Thank you. Okay. I just want to make sure I've been doing the right thing. Joanne Sharer, the owner and president, and Danielle Phillip, that's vice right. president of all... Vice President of Operations, Joanne and Danielle, welcome to the show. Thanks, Thanks Joyce, for having us. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. I'm excited to have you on here. And, Joanne, we're going to start with you. How about if you first tell our listeners about SLIP? Sure, I'd love to. First, let me tell you thanks for having us on the show, Joyce. We love you just as much, too, and, and all the great works that you do. Um, SLIP is a professional sign language interpreting agency that was founded back in 2003 by me, kind of accidentally. Uh, We provide sign language interpreting services for education, business, medical, professional settings. And what makes us unique, Joyce, is that we, we know that every communication access that occurs is not the same. So we take the time to not only credential our interpreters, but to assess the entire job um, from start to finish. We manage the entire communication access so that we can ensure that deaf people have the best, and the hearing people too, have the best um, access to communication that they can. Well, 
And you do a fabulous job. As a matter of fact, if you are in southwestern Pennsylvania, central Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, listen, corporate America, this is the best farm. They are so good. If you're looking for sign language interpreting services, this is who you should be calling. And if you're national and you can arrange flying them into wherever you are for some major event, once again, you aren't going to find anyone better. They are outstanding. And when it comes to the deaf community, that's what we need, outstanding. Before we go on, uh, Joanne, I have a question to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, you founded this company, and you said by accident. Number one, what caused you to do it, and what was the accident? Well, the accident was that I didn't wake up one morning and say, I want to start a company. I was Joanne doing interpreting. Um, At the time, the area here in Pittsburgh had one interpreting agency, and, and I decided that I wanted to do better by the deaf community. So I just went out as Joanne as the interpreter and did good work. And before I knew it, I needed more help and it evolved to a company. I didn't, I, I didn't set out to have a company. It truly has evolved from good, hard work. I think the Patriots motto is now they're saying just do your job. I think mm-hmm. that's kind of how Flip evolved. I was just doing my job um, out there. You mentioned, too, Joyce, about flying us out there. We also do video remote interpreting, so you don't even have to pay to fly us out with technology, which Danielle will talk about later. We can connect to anywhere in the nation and and give this service out there. Oh, that is so awesome. That is great. Um, And so why did you do this, Danielle? I mean, uh, Joanne, why? Why? What made you start as an interpreter is what I mean. Okay, I'm a a lifelong signer. My parents are deaf. I'm known as a CODA, child of deaf adults. And I was just tired of my friends and family getting interpreters that weren't qualified. They deserve communication access. And and you know what? And it's two-sided. The hearing people deserved it, too. So before you knew it, I went out and did quality work, and I envisioned a company that wouldn't just assign interpreters that could <clears throat> sign, but rather a company that was concerned with all of the facets of what community quality communication access means. So that's why when I say we, we start from the beginning of the communication access to the end, this company is involved to make sure that you've got the best out there and not just somebody who, as I say, can just flap their hands, just fill the assignment. Um, yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. Uh, okay, Danielle, how about you? What made you decide to work at this company? <laughs> it's funny you should ask, Joyce. It wasn't an easy decision for me, really. Uh, any 18-year-old graduating from high school probably tells their parents that they're not going to do whatever their parents want them to do, right? (laughs) So I vowed to never work as an interpreter for my mom's agency. I went on to W&J, got a bachelor's in business, went on to Chatham, got my MBA, and realized after an internship with the city of Pittsburgh and their ADA office that it was really in private sector that I was going to be able to make the most difference, that I was going to be able to put my passion for advocating for the rights of the deaf community to work. So I turned around to mom and said, hey, mom, remember when I was 18 and you wanted me to work for you? Mm, You were right. (laughs) So every day I get to work with her and make that basic human right of communication access 
equally accessible for our deaf friends and family. So in case you didn't pick that up, folks, this is mother-daughter. And let me tell you, they are like a dynamo together. They are really, really good. I want to go back to something, um, and Danielle, you may also feel free to comment on this. You know, Joanne, when you were saying about your your parents deserved good communication, as everyone knows, I'm living with epilepsy, but Bender Consulting Services provides employment for people with disabilities across the country and in Canada. And many, as you also know, many of my employees are from the deaf community. And, you know, how do people know if they're deaf? How do they check out ahead of time to make sure the person's certified? Well, any deaf person can ask for their credential, their card, but a certification is not a know-all, do-all. That's just, for me, for this company, certification is what allows you to work in Pennsylvania. But you know what? You have to be qualified on top of that certified. So a deaf person could ask them what their background is. Where, you know, do they have somewhere that they've worked a lot? Maybe there's an interpreter who has done a lot of work in a medical facility um, or was a former nurse who retrained. That interpreter is going to be qualified to then be an interpreter in a medical situation. Or maybe there's somebody who has a love for IT, an interpreter, and they just, that's just their passion, but they work as an interpreter. So there's asking, getting to know the interpreter on a personal level, asking them questions, um, helps them to know if they're qualified to do the job beyond just being certified. And Joyce, also, this is Danielle here, I think it's also important that the hearing and the deaf in a, in a corporate setting, work together to locate an agency that's local to them, that's able to provide consistent and reliable professional interpreters. So beyond that certification card, as Joanne mentioned, and beyond the state registration card required in Pennsylvania, you're getting a face, you're getting a voice that you're familiar with, and you're getting, as the deaf person, to become comfortable and know that when you're signing in American Sign Language and that interpreter is interpreting into English or voicing for you, as it's called, that you're sounding consistent, you're sounding knowledgeable. And then the hearing counterparts, at that point, they don't even realize that there's an interpreter present in the room. That deaf person becomes, it becomes a seamless communication where the interpreter goes without notice. Right. Well, and that makes perfect sense. And why I'm asking this is I just cannot imagine someone, uh, you know, going on an interview and not having a qualified interpreter. I mean, that could be a disaster. Absolutely. And it happens, Joyce. It does. And we've, we've seen instances where uh, we've, got, we've been called to ha- interpret for interviews for individuals, and they, in that couple minutes in the waiting room, make mention that this is their fifth, sixth interview, and they've been struggling. And afterwards, they'll walk out with one of our interpreters and say, wow, that felt good. And it's because they had quality. It's because they had an interpreter there who was knowledgeable about the jargon, who had done their homework and asked for prep materials in advance, reviewed a resume, reviewed the job posting. And it's really refreshing to work with the team of interpreters that we do who really value 
the work that they do and making sure that it is always top-notch. Right. Uh, because if you went on an interview, even say it wasn't, well, it could happen anywhere, corporate America, any size company. Uh, but I know that there are a lot of mid-sized companies, not small, but, you know, mid-sized companies, maybe 2,000 employees or, or whatever, and uh, they aren't familiar sometimes, so they just bring in an interpreter. And I'm trying to envision for a person who is deaf, that it, and the interpreter not qualified, as you all are, that would be terrible. Right. It's a reflection. Unfortunately, we are a reflection of a deaf person. Um, if we fumble for the words, for the jargon of the job, then that reflects poorly on the deaf person when, in fact, the deaf person may know exactly what they're saying, but because the interpreter fumbles for the words, it, it, it just makes for a bad, bad interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Well, and that's why they should be calling you. (laughs) With that, we're going to go to break. Hey, if you just joined us, we're talking to Joanne Scherer and Danielle Phillip from Sign Language Interpreting Professionals, a great company based right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S. and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at one 866 
472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. If you just joined us, we're talking to Joanne Scherer and Danielle Phillip from Sign Language Interpreting Professionals. Joanne is the owner, president, and Danielle is the vice president of operations and the daughter of Joanne. (laughs) And I know them both, and they are both awesome. They're wonderful. Um, And Joanne and Danielle, you can feel free to comment on this also. Sometimes, Joanne... I'll be talking to a company, say that it's some event coming, some, a gala, you know, something like this. Unless, sometimes, unless I'm involved and make it an issue, they do not provide sign language interpreters, and their answer to me will be, well, we don't know of anyone deaf that will be there. <laughs> I'm sure you've heard this before. Absolutely. Uh, what, well, how do you respond to that? Absolutely. This is Joanne. I... Um... First, I chuckle like I'm chuckling now, and then I say, look, you know, the hearing people can come to this event, and they can enjoy anything that's going on without having to let you know in advance, because a lot of times the event managers will say, oh, well, nobody notified us. Well, it's an event that doesn't need notification. It runs all weekend long or something. So I have, I have a little quote that I always say. It's my own little personal quote that says, you know, the deaf's ears are not just broken. And I say that because to be deaf is a culture, just like being Asian or Hispanic. So they have their own language. So when they say, oh, there's written material available, they don't need to have a sign language interpreter. First off, you can't write a visual language. American Sign Language is a visual language. You cannot write a visual language. And secondly, English is probably their second language. So it may not be the most effective means of communication for them. So like I had said earlier, that communication is a two-way street. So when you give them just written material, and let's say it's an event that has moments where you applaud that are, are not easily recognizable, or it's a tour where they're pointing out buildings, Written communication isn't equal access, it's just access. So they could stay home and read the, the written communication there, right? Um, so I, I used to get angry. I used to really get mad. But now I have a little thing that I tell them that, you know, it's like when you go, let's say you go to a foreign country for a job training. Let's say you're just going to China. And you know a little bit of Chinese, you know just enough to order your dinner or ask where the bathroom is or just daily conversation things. And then all of a sudden there's an emergency. I presented at the local emergency preparedness committee here at the Allegheny County EOC. And I I, I said this to them and it's the one thing that they all remembered was that, okay, so you're in this other country, you know enough to just conversationalize with the people and then there's an emergency. And you have to rely on your second language as communication to get you what you need to be safe. Imagine that. That's what deaf people do every day. They, they have to go through a lot of second language to navigate through their daily life. So by providing a sign language interpreter, you're then making it easier for them to get the information just like the hearing people do. Well, and right. Joanne, that's I right. Think- just like when I uh, represented the State Department and went to a conference in Panama, 
I had a translator with me at all times because I am not fluent in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And there isn't any difference. But see, I mean, it is infuriating. It is. Think about it, Joyce. Danielle, you know, I know you have been invited to events that you weren't at before. And you know what I mean? Like, say a company has a, as I said, has a gala or any public type event. I'm telling you, frequently they say, well, we don't have any deaf people coming. <laughs> well, and I would question, how do they know that? And, and the other fact of the matter is a place of public accommodation, an event that takes place at a large venue here in the city of Pittsburgh that anybody can attend at any date in time, you know, any day or time during its run, a hearing person can go and can access that at any time they want. A person in a wheelchair can go and access that event space because they've, the building has made sure that they're accessible. But a deaf person has to request for a specific time of day. And, and essentially, they don't get the full access and the full participation that you and I do. And when those, when those organizations comment and say, well, no, we're not going to provide, nobody's requested, my question back, maybe it's, not accurate or maybe it's out of line is well are you going to shut off the elevator no they would never shut off the elevator but that's there for accessibility also and nobody thinks about it that way it's so important that it just becomes part of what they always do is provide equal access to communication for the for the deaf community right and i want to you know what I think one of you said, maybe it was you, Joanne, or Danielle, I'm not sure, um, how would they know? That's another thing I tell people. How do you know that at, the, at some point in time someone will come that is deaf? Or how do you know if they are deaf? And even if they are not, you know, if I'm in that audience, like I'm one of you and my family you know, or my sister, mm-hmm. husband, brother, partner, whatever it is, is a person who is deaf. Don't you think that's going to have an impact on me when right. I see, well, boy, they're, they're, on, they're on the ball. They're always doing this. But see, what gets me is it should just be part of it. Absolutely. I mean, we do this everywhere. Every event I speak at, I don't say, well, I don't know if we have any deaf people, that, because you've got to get it into a company's mind, just as Danielle said, are we only going to use the elevator for people in a wheelchair if we know they're coming? Right. <laughs> right. Only between the hours of two and four will the elevator right. be on. Nobody would right. ever think of that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I just want people to understand, yes, you need an interpreter, no matter what, you need an interpreter. And that is a hard thing that I've been trying to convey, but, you know, hopefully we'll be able to uh, get that through to people. Um, talking about sign language, um, and either one of you can respond to this, I realize now there are different types of sign language. First, there are different, in different countries, the sign language is adapted to that country. But there is also a difference between ASL and English Sign Language. Um, Could one of you explain that? Sure, sure. As you just mentioned, there are 
actually over 300 different signed languages used throughout the world. And sign language is not universal. As you said, ASL is American Sign Language and a language here in the U.S. with its own syntax, grammar, rules, and it's really the backbone to the deaf American culture. Now, the difference between American Sign Language and English Sign Language, you asked, English Sign Language would be more hand shapes, gestures, or movements that are used to represent visually the spoken English language, whereas American Sign Language is a totally different language in and of itself that's used by the American deaf culture. Is that clear? Well, and how is it different? It, just like Spanish and English are different, American Sign Language and English Sign Language so, are different. So when you're interpreting in English, you're more or less trying to follow the syntax like a sentence. You're trying to do this very similar to the way I'm speaking to you right now. If, Correct. Correct. If I were interpreting into English Sign Language, yes. And yeah. in American Sign Language, there is it's 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 an art almost. It's it's a visual picture of the words that an interpreter hears. Mm-hmm. Whereas when we're doing more English-based sign language, we are keeping the grammatical structure of English, and, and there's, while there's still visual aspects to it, you know, our hand, our sign language, it, it stays in the grammatical structure of English, whereas American Sign Language does not have that. Mm-hmm. Right. And do the majority of people then, do the majority of people use ASL from the deaf community? It's a mix. Here in the Pittsburgh area, it's a mix. Um, it, it, it has a lot to do with where the deaf community, where the deaf person went to school. Did they go to a residential deaf school? Did they go to Gallaudet? Um, were they mainstreamed? Does their family oral? Does their family sign? It has a lot to do with all of that as to what type of sign language they use. But I will say that when interpreters are certified by the Registry of Interpreters for the Deaf and we receive our national certification, it is based on our use of grammatically correct American Sign Language. So a certified interpreter is fluent in American Sign Language. Well, that is, I I know I see this all the time, you know, in my own company, although the majority of people do use uh, ASL, and this brings me to the question uh, that I was going to ask later on, but I'll ask you now. How the heck do I deal with companies when they're upset about the grammar? (laughs) (laughs) I can answer that. It goes back to the fact that ASL is a visual language. So when you learn to write in your second language, and remember, English is a second language, you have natural intrusions of your first language. So for a deaf person, their first language is ASL, and they're trying to write in their second language, so their intrusions are their American Sign Language. Um, So it's not has nothing to do with lack of intelligence. It has nothing to do with, they, you know, it, it, ha, it just has to do with the fact that there's two languages. If you ever, if you have relatives maybe who've come from another country, maybe Italy or somewhere, and, and they sometimes may actually not have fluent English writing skills for the same reason, because they're thinking in their first language. And it's important to know that you can't stereotype that all deaf people have poor English skills, 
their skills vary on who they are, just like you and I. Some of us, I'm, I'm not the best writer. I speak better than I write. Um, and, and so same thing goes for the deaf community. Right, and uh, that's very true because the majority of my uh, employees do have very good writing skills because of the type of jobs that I place them in. But there are some that, you know, I have to explain this to the company, but I will say overall that it would be very hard to get a job in corporate America if you could not uh, write well. That's right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, and, and that is... Uh, Something that, you know, is hard to explain. Sometimes I explain that to the deaf community is the example you gave before. If I went to China and tried to write in English, what would happen? Right. You know, Mm -hmm. trying to get a job. Right. But what bothers me is that people do not realize this is a language. Right. That ASL is a language, as Spanish and French um, are languages. Um, And so hopefully we can get this across to people, but... What the problem is, is that people don't understand and have, unfortunately, myths in their mind about people from the deaf community. And before I go to break, all of you listening, some of my absolutely very best employees are people from the deaf community. Some are working at the National Security Agency, you heard me right, um, or at corporations across America. Um, in mathematics, engineering, all different areas. So don't get this in your mind, this foolish idea that unfortunately many people have about various disabilities. But with that, we're going to go to break. Hey, if you just joined us, we're talking to Joanne and Danielle, owner and vice president of Sign Language Interpreting Professionals, headquartered right here in Pittsburgh, PA. Before we go to break, I realize I didn't ask this. What is your website? You can find us online at www.slipasl.com. That's S-L-I-P-A-S-L.com. Okay, so if you want to know more about them, go to that site, and I will make sure we go over that again. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on Voice America. We'll be right back with Joanne and Danielle. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than three million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. 
Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom, and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show, everyone. This is Joy Spender, and we're talking today to Joanne Scherer, the owner and president of Sign Language Interpreting Professionals, and Danielle Phillip, the vice president of operations that works with the same company. Um, and, and, you know, before we start, just so all of our businesses get this, could you give us that website again? Absolutely. You can find us online at www.slipasl.com. That's S-L-I-P-A-S-L.com. Okay. Thank you. Well, Joanne, I, and remember, everyone, if, if you have a problem ever, these shows are archived on my website, BenderConsult.com, and Voice America. Uh, you go to BenderConsult.com, you can see the shows for the past uh, 10 years, and you will be able to get this uh, show and the website if you have any difficulty. Fantastic. Go I'm going to tweet it out to all my followers, too. They can follow us at Slip Pittsburgh on Twitter. We also have a Facebook page, Joyce, so I'll be putting it out there to everybody as well. Okay, good, good. That's, thank you very much. Um, Joanne, there yeah. are parents of young people looking for work, young people from the deaf community looking for work, and what they do is they come in and they try to interpret for their children. As a matter of fact, that happened here once, now that I think about it, years and years ago when I first started the company. Um, and, you know, your opinion, why is that probably not the best idea, and what can employers do to make sure their applicants do have access to qualified interpreters. But let's go with that first one. Um, why, why do you think that probably isn't the best idea? No, it's not a good idea, Joyce, to use parents or friends or even a staff member who knows sign language for when a deaf person comes on an interview. Um, not only is it a violation of the ADA, but it could also affect the integrity of the interview. So you, you don't know if the parent... You know all parents think their kids are the best at everything, right? Their kids do no wrong. So are you, as the employer, getting the most accurate information? Are you getting what the deaf person is actually saying? Or is the parent beefing up the answer to make them look good? Um, You know, are they filtering the information? Are they protecting them? Are they trying to prevent them from heartbreak? Are they telling you exactly what they're saying when they're voicing and vice versa? 
Um, I mean, I could go on and on and on. Will they keep the information confidential? State registered here in Pennsylvania, we're state registered slash certified interpreters. We're bound by a code of professional conduct that requires us to maintain confidentiality. If you're using family and friend members and you're talking about confidential business information, how do you know that that information isn't going to leak out somewhere? Um, you know, employers need, like we said at the beginning, need to work with local agencies who know the skill set, we know the talent, we, you can trust that we are bound by that code of professional conduct, and developing a relationship with these agencies that will ask the questions, that will get you what you need. It's not just about providing the communication, it's about providing the communication in the best manner that will fit for that deaf person and you as the employer both. I mean, I can see this being a total disaster, okay, uh, on both ends. First, I can see the parent, you know, really not, you know, in tune, for example, with technology or whatever the job is going to be and not able to accurately, you know, translate what the person is saying or being asked. Then, if it's a parent... I mean, that would really be dangerous or a friend because you could say, well, what happened at this last job? Mm-hmm. Now, is the mm-hmm. parent going to say, well, they were terminated because of their absentee <laughs> uh, problem? Probably not. So, I mean, it's just a bad idea both ways across the board. You, you Really, you should never do that. Um, and, Danielle, what can employers do to make sure their applicants have access to qualified interpreters? As Joanne just mentioned, partner with a local agency. Work together with a local agency to make sure that they have a pool of interpreters that they can work with that can come in for those interviews. Interpreters who are not only qualified based on state regulations, but also qualified based on knowing the content and topic material for the interview. Uh, Here in the Pittsburgh area, we provide both on-site and remote interpreting services. But when it comes to an interview, on-site interpreting is the way to go. You need to make sure that that interpreter is present in the room. Oftentimes during interviews, uh, the applicant and the interviewer will refer to this and that and documents in front of them. And it's vital for the accuracy of that interpretation that the interpreter is present in the room to understand what's taking place so that that applicant isn't harmed when the interpreter interpreter has to say, I'm sorry, what was that? Can you repeat that? It's very important that that interpreter is present in the room. Hey, Joyce, can I, this is Joanne, can I tell you a funny story? I actually, yes. being that my parents are deaf and I, you know, this is, this is Joanne, the human daughter of deaf <laughs> parents, not the interpreter. I didn't do this. Um, I can tell you of times when before the ADA maybe even, when my parents, my mom was looking for a job and I would actually answer the questions for my mom because it was just easier for me to do um, rather than let my mom answer them and me interpret them. Now, that was before the ADA when interpreters were, were, were required, but I guarantee you a child, a parent, a friend would do the same thing now. So, I mean, I know personally I did it for my mom. <laughs> <laughs> You're admitting to things. Maybe, hopefully, Grandma's not on the radio listening to us right now, Joanna. 
Well, you know, I do know people that have done that, though, and that's terrible. Mm -hmm. As I said, it hurts both parties, not just one. Now, I want to get back, though, to this question about why I'm asking that about how does the company find someone. I want to get to part two. Can a company such as my company, if someone is going on an interview, can't a company say this is the service we want? Absolutely. Absolutely. They, They can pick the service that they want. Because I would want to know, in in my case, it would be you, your company. I want to know it's people I can trust and people who do the good, best job and look out for both parties. And uh, I just can't understand how a company would try to interview someone who is deaf when they don't have an interpreter. Right. And, and, you know, Joyce, as you start to use the same, like we work with you all the time, as you start to use the same company over and over again, we actually become part of the company in essence. We, we know the expectations. We know that it just is a good all-around business decision to keep the consistency so that, that you're always, and for both parties, not just for the deaf, for your deaf employees, but also for the hearing people to keep that consistency is just a good business decision. Yes, and with you, I never have to worry about one of you saying, as happened to me in D.C., you're talking too fast. <laughs> in the middle of a speech, which I almost passed out when they said this. But, you know, here's an example. They know I'm going to talk about epilepsy, and they're familiar with epilepsy, and they're familiar with me talking about employment, and they really are part of our family. And I also know I can also trust them when they're out there looking out for the best for my employees and being very professional with the customer. But I want to say again, you know, if you feel strongly, you can request, in this case, sign language interpreting professionals uh, right here in Pittsburgh. And remember that Joanne was saying that they were able to do work uh, remote with technology, whether or not they're there in person. Sure. So with that, hey, boy, this show is going fast. I've got to tell you this. We're going to come right back after break to close the show with Joanne Shear, the owner and president uh, of Sign Language Interpreting Professionals, and Danielle Phillips, the vice president of operations. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. 
At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at benderconsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.benderconsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hey, if you missed any of the show, you can go back and hear it again. Uh, we will have it on our website, BenderConsult.com, as Voice America does. But we've been talking today to Danielle Phillip and Joanne Scherer from Sign Language Interpreting Professionals, headquartered right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, and Danielle, technology is just impacting all of us. And I can't believe there was a time, I know when I tell young people, yes, there was a time there was not a cell phone. They think like I lived in the Lincoln era. They just can't believe it was possible. But today we do have technology impacting us so much at work and just communicating. Uh, Video remote interpreting. Tell us about video remote interpreting services. Sure. Well, you're right, Joyce. Technology is amazing, and our ability to be ever-connected regardless of where we're located has its pros and cons. And video remote interpreting, uh, oftentimes abbreviated VRI, is when an interpreter is not physically present where the interaction between the hearing and deaf person are taking place. It can be very beneficial for last-minute meetings, one-on-one conversations, or a quick doctor's visit. But it's important to realize that just like when you and I are talking on the phone, sometimes we realize that it might be better if we meet face-to-face. The same is true for VRI. Having an interpreter behind a video screen lacks that personal touch, lacks the ability for them to really connect and make the communication smooth. So the option to have an on-site interpreter or a remote interpreter, that preference needs to be given to the deaf person. But VRI is fantastic. It can be provided through a deaf person's video phone, through technology like Skype or FaceTime, uh, Polycom video conferencing platforms, or any other video conferencing platform. It isn't, doesn't not have to be expensive by any means. And because of its ease, it's leveled the playing field for deaf professionals to do things like telework and be involved in a variety of different settings where previously they might not have been able to. However, (laughs) there are places where VRI is being touted as being a great way to save money. 
especially in healthcare, they're saying that. And I want to emphasize here that it's imperative that the discretion is given to the deaf person. The deaf person knows best what they need to have successful communication in a situation, and sometimes that means on-site. There are big-box companies that are providing video remote interpreting service, and they're skirting state laws. They're avoiding being compliant with state registration of interpreters. They're forcing VRI with unqualified providers on these deaf people. The providers aren't local. They don't know the regional signs. They're not familiar with the patient or the content. And communication's lacking. And organizations, unfortunately, are looking at their bottom line. And I think we just need to remind people that while technology is great, it has its pros and cons, and we need to make sure the deaf people are being asked their preference when it's being used or not. Yes, you know, I'm on the National Advisory Group for NTID, which is similar to the Board of Trustees. But remember, NTID is also part of RIT, so that's why they call it this. But anyway, up in that area, I know that a lot of people uh, were trying to have that service and impacting the sign language interpreting services. And I heard so many complaints about that, so I know you're right. Well, and we as a local agency provide VRI, so we can provide both on-site and remote services. And as Joanne mentioned at the very beginning of the show, just because a person calls and requests a remote interpreter does not mean we say sure and we connect with them on the computer. We're going to ask questions to make sure that it's an appropriate fit. And I think it's very important that we're using technology where it's appropriate, especially when it can be related to you know the communication, which could be life or death in a healthcare setting. Right. And you have those options, but if there aren't options, if it's this is all I do, that yeah. could be a problem. It could be, and absolutely. There's, there's areas, <laughs> Joyce, where you get into remote sections of Pennsylvania here where there are no qualified interpreters. That's a perfect place for the option for technology to at least get a qualified interpreter there. It might not be optimal, but it's better than, you know, Aunt Susie who can sign and isn't going to give you all of the information while you're on your job interview. So right, right. There, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of thought and process and planning that has to go into, we believe anyways, before you choose video remote interpreting. Well, I think that's good advice. And again, if you want more information, uh, Danielle, the website is slipasl.com, S-L-I-P-A-S-L.com. And your Twitter? It's at SlipPittsburgh. At Slip Pittsburgh. You got okay, it. Okay. I'm sorry. Is that what you said? That is correct, Joyce. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. At okay. Slip Pittsburgh. Okay. Well, Joanne, I'm going to start with you. I have a question for both of you. Um, you already, look what you've accomplished in your lives. Joanne, you didn't think you were going to do this. Danielle, you got your MBA, and now you're Vice President of Operations at an entrepreneurial venture. What would you, Joanne, consider your greatest accomplishment? That was a hard question, Joyce. I, um, of course, SLIP is an accomplishment. It's, it's a professional accomplishment. But it's hard for me to, to think of it that way because, again, I'm, I'm very humble when I, when I think of SLIP because SLIP just happened. It's All it's meant to do is just provide good services. So 
my answer for my professional accomplishment is when I became legal certified as a legal certified interpreter. Um, there's only two of us in Western Pennsylvania, in which I'm one of them. That was just because I could sign as a small small child. It was very important to me to get credentialed. And right now, to have your legal certification is quite a, an honor. Um, and then my my. Uh, personal or yeah my personal accomplishment is uh, finally convincing my daughter <laughs> to become a certified interpreter and to work with me um, you know how kids are right <laughs> well that was a great accomplishment <laughs> yeah. but, but I think you deserve to give yourself more credit because I'm an entrepreneur and I know what's involved in having your own company and it is 24 by 7 and not all people uh, are successful as you have been. So, uh, you know, I think, I think you really have accomplished a lot with your company. Thank how about you. you? How about you, Danielle? Well, Joyce, I have to say that I, I think my greatest accomplishment is yet to come. But if you want me to pick thus far, um, getting my MBA gave me the confidence I needed to work for the family business and, that confidence, I mean, so that when onlookers say, oh, well, you work for your mom, that I have the education and the background and those qualifications necessary, that I'm not just the shoe-in, not just the daughter working for mom. I'm proud of what I do. I work for a company that I can support 100%. And when mom retires, although she keeps saying five years, I know I have huge shoes to feel huge shoes to fill, but I do look forward to making a continued difference in the field and, and the lives of the community we serve. Wow. Joanne, I can't picture you retiring. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> can't even envision it. Every but, year, um, Joyce, but, I but say... But you certainly have a great person coming right up there behind you. <laughs> Every year, Joyce, I say five years. Five years. Yeah. <laughs> five years from now, you'll say five years. Right. <laughs> hey, Joanne, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, well I'm, I'm going to jump in here. She and I kind of talked about if you asked us this, and we're going to tag team this answer, Joyce, if that's okay. Yeah. But if, if we can leave one message with you, it's something that I've been quoted numerous times in newspaper articles and so on, which is to the listeners, make sure you're providing equal access to communication, not because the law says you have to, but because communication is a basic human need and human right. That's vital. And if people remember nothing else, do it because it's a basic human need and a basic human right. Amen. Mm-hmm. As a disability rights person, that's what I say to that. How about you, Joanne? Do you have anything you want to add? I would like them to just keep in mind, like Danielle said, just because it's, the ADA requires it, it's not the reason to do it. Um, it's affordable. It's obtainable. It's not a one-size-fits-all. It takes time. It takes effort. But look at the results that you can get and the employees that you can get, and and it's just the right thing to do. And the name of the company is Sign Language Interpreting Professionals with Joanne Scherer and Danielle Phillip. And if you are interested in retaining them at your company, I see we are on social media and have a website. So let's start. Danielle, the website. Our website is slipasl.com. And uh, Facebook, you're on Facebook the same way? Well, we're on Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash slipasl. 
And Twitter. We are on Twitter. Our handle is at Slip Pittsburgh. And hey, you all know Joyce Bender at BenderConsult.com. I can track them down. Trust <laughs> me. And, and listen, I say in closing, they are the best of the best. One of my greatest honors was receiving an award from them because I think so highly of them and their organization. And I don't say this often, but I'll say it. I'd put my name behind them. You're not going to make a mistake with them. And uh, thank you both for being with us today. You're welcome. Thank you, Joyce, for having us. We greatly appreciate all the kind words you said, too. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Joyce. You're welcome. And we end every show with a quote from someone that had impacted lives across the world. And today, it has to be I. King Jordan, who said, learning calculus should be hard. Understanding what your professor says shouldn't be hard. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at Voice America. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.